Welcome to the Impact Investing Podcast with your host Samuel I Can Win It Kim Win. It's absolutely an honour to be able to jump on again and have this episode today for a number of reasons. You know, it's always exciting to be able to get that opportunity to record these podcast episodes and share with people kind of like my insights, my views, where I've been um, and, and my thoughts towards moving forward in terms of investment, primarily in ways which will create an impact, not only in your own family, but in generations to come and your family's legacy um, and what you will leave behind, whether both planned or unplanned. And today's episode, again, is another fantastic episode just because, again, I'm speaking about things that I'm really passionate about. Today, I'm going to be speaking about my family and I'm going to be speaking about specifically why my family motivate me to invest more. Now, if you're one of those people who don't want to know anything about my family, then it's fine. You can still listen to this episode because I'm not going to get into all of the details and all of the nitty gritty of how many children I have, etc. I don't think there's there's need for that. But what I will do throughout this episode is share with you exactly how my family are a motivating factor. I will share with you exactly how my family are kind of like a real catalyst and a driving force behind me in terms of investment and specifically in the area of property. Now, if, for example, you're one of those people who do want to know all about my family, how many children I've got, blah, blah, blah then feel free to drop us a line, feel free to connect with us, feel free to, you know, send us an email, send us a message through means of social media, etc. And let us know that that's what you want to hear about on the podcast. And we'd be happy to possibly find a way to engage you with that. Now, to the point, okay, why do my family and how do my family and what does my family do to motivate me to invest more? And you know what, for me, this is actually a really powerful topic because this what I've shared with people, the thing I've shared with people for many, many years is about how my family started. And I think how my family started on a practical basis is a real key to answering this question. So if I take you back, I'm going to take you back to pre-2012. Uh, this was probably around 2010, 2011. And in 2011 or it was actually probably in early 2012 but I was going to get married I was planning to get married in 2012 and I sat down with my wife and I said to her at the time uh, to my wife-to-be I said I, I will not marry you unless we have free conversations now for the sake of time I'm not going to go down the route of what all those free conversations were but one of those conversations were uh, was around our goals and dreams it was around our goals and dreams now I remember as a child I you know I was dragged to church um, that was before I made my own decisions to, to, to do certain things and whilst I was dragged to church one of the things I really picked up was I used to hear pastors speak about the three main causes of divorce and one of the main causes they said of divorce was the fact that people change people outgrow each other etc and to me that boiled down in terms of nuts and bolts to goals and dreams now as a very simple simple context i said to myself if i'm going into marriage in 2012 with this particular person then i think it's only right that we talk about the three areas which i heard as a young child are the three main causes of divorce because i had no intention to get married and to have a divorce so this is how the conversation around goals and dreams came around with myself 
and my wife to be at the time. And the way we structured that conversation, um, you know, and again, I remember this because now annually my wife and I do a goals workshop. But the way we structured it is we started by doing a Jim Rohn goals workshop for one hour and a half where we sat there and engaged in this workshop, goal setting and writing down all of our dreams, what we desire to achieve, what our passions were, what our what our fields of expertise would be, etc. And we wrote all of these things down. And then after having written those things down for an hour and a half, we then spent the second hour and a half talking with one another about what we had wrote. Now, I've shared this with people, but just so it's said on the podcast, at that time, I did not actually know the power of what I was actually doing at the time. You know, I remember one of the goals we actually had, uh, you know, at that time was we wanted to have three children. And we both wrote that down without any prior dialogue, which, which again, it's just one of the things that really astounded me about that goals workshop at the time. Now, that's since changed because having been married, you know, we then spoke more and, and changed our desires. Um, but the point I'm making is that heart that we had to write down our goals and then discuss our goals is one of the greatest catalysts that I still have with me today, motivating and driving me and pushing me in terms of my investment endeavors. Now, having done those goals workshops, what I actually did, what I, you know, in terms of going back to talking about the power that that actually had in my life is at the time I never knew, but what I actually had done was I had set myself up or I had been set up to actually creating a lifelong accountability partner, a lifelong accountability partner. Now, the reason I'm sharing that is because when you are, you know, stripped and exposed to sharing every single thing about what you desire to achieve, every single thing about who you want to become, every single thing about places you want to go and people you want to meet in front of another human being. And that other human being is also in the same fashion, you know, exposed in terms of all of the things they want to be, all of the things they want to achieve, all of the people they want to meet, all of the places they want to go, etc., etc. The next thing that happens if those two people decide to walk together or go on a journey together is they actually open the door to holding each other accountable on a massive and major scale because they actually know about each other more than what is just surface level they know more than what is how you look or more than more than about you know what you're you're actively doing in the present they actually know the picture that you desire to paint for your future and that was the kind of ecosystem that was a foundation to me then in 2012 actually getting married so by the time I actually got married I was a qualified teacher working in the education system and you know I'm, I'm going to be really honest with you this was my kind of biggest challenge my biggest challenge when I first got married was not I was unhappy with my wife not I felt I had made a bad choice not any of the things that maybe other people had my biggest challenge when I first got married was the fact that my wife from day one was holding me accountable for the bigger things that I had told her I wanted to achieve in my life. Now, I guess I'll just ask you the question, isn't that the kind of challenge you want to be faced with? Okay, because someone like myself, I'm going to be very honest with you, that's the kind of challenge I need in my life. And being held so firmly accountable from such an early stage in our marital relationship, it helped me understand a massive 
thing. And what it helped me understand is that if you have external forces and voices pushing you and pulling you towards the things you actually desire to achieve, it becomes easier to actually achieve those things. And it's as a result of that, you know, that strong and firm accountability that I found through means of being married with somebody who was very clear on what I wanted to achieve, very clear on what I wanted to to provide for the world in terms of value, etc. You know, I had this ideology, this plan that, you know what, I'd, I'd carry on working as a teacher, I'd leverage my, my teaching role in order to generate enough income to, you know, to buy property or to do this or to do, you know, I, I effectively I had a plan, but the plan was more or less a pipe dream. I'm just, I'm just keeping it real. Okay. And the reason it was a pipe dream is because it lacked any exposure to the reality of investing in myself. Okay. It allowed me to lie to myself with the notion that I could work a job and still be the success I wanted to be. Now, I'm, I'm going to drop a few things here, which hopefully will be of value to you. Some of the real light bulbs that came on for me was one. My wife and I have a goal to establish a federation of schools. OK, our desire is to establish this federation of schools, which will deliver a Christian curriculum supplemented by entrepreneurship and enterprise. Now, one of the issues with that was to fund a single school, let alone a federation, it was not going to happen on a teacher's salary. At the time, I was a teacher anyway. Let me just put that premise there. Who knows what will happen in the future? But the point I'm making, and let me paint this picture for you really broadly. I was at work one day whilst I was a teacher, sat at my desk, I think I had just finished teaching a lesson, just reflecting and pondering on some things, and the thought occurred to me that no matter how high I get in the educational echelons, no matter how high I got, you know, if I became a head teacher, which is the head of a school in and of itself, if I became a vice principal, you know, an executive head teacher, you know, a head teacher over a federation of schools or a number of schools or an academy, academy chain of schools, no matter how high I got, I think in that point of reflection, I think I even considered getting into politics and getting to become, you know, like the minister of education. No matter how high I got, I realised that the salary I would be provided with would not be enough to fund the vision in terms of the educational vision specifically, but the vision I had in terms of giving back through means of education. You know, that was a light bulb moment for me. That was an awakening moment for me. I realised whilst working as a school teacher that there was nowhere on the value ladder of education in terms of its conventional system where I could sit and from my salary be able to actually fund the provision I desire to create. And that for me, I guess, was kind of... I. I <laughs> I don't know if I'll use the term the last straw, but, you know, for lack of better words, let me just use that for now, because I, I think it does fit. It does. It, it does fit. It does fit. That for me was effectively the last straw. That was the day that I realized that continuing to do what I have always done would only produce what I had always got. And I, I want you to consider that in your own life, in, you know, whatever you're doing 
whatever your job is or your business is or your activities are wh wherever you are in your walk of life presently i really want you to consider that principle it's not one i've made up myself it's one i've heard again and again in different ways in different shapes in different forms but i want you to really consider that if you do what you have always done you are guaranteed and bound to get what you have always got and on that day sat down at my teaching desk no students in the classroom having a few minutes to ponder and reflect on my future in the conventional education system you know you know probably with doubts and fears at the time wondering how i could do more give more and be more in my society you know i it dawned upon me that there was no greater answer than becoming the answer myself through means of a process of transformation you know, and when I say that, you know, it might sound cuckoo, but, you know, just keeping it simple. I had to make a change. I had to make a change. You know, at the highest echelons of education, let's assume you're a head teacher. Let's assume you're an executive head teacher across a number of schools. You know, what, what are you going to be on 200K per year? Now, again, I've, I think I've shared this in one of my previous podcasts, but let's break that down. That's a salary. So side by side with that salary what you also have is the extensive time commitment that you need to actually invest in the actual job which pays you for that salary. So the other thing is, even if there was £200,000 coming in per annum, and again, as a salary, you'd be taxed as an employee. But again, you know, let's not go down that road today. But if, for example, you have an excessive time commitment to a job, and through means of that, you're remunerated by £200,000 per annum. But you don't have the time to execute and influence in terms of developing and building the actual school provision you have in your heart. Then what's it all for? Some of the challenges that I thought about at the time, which really brought this to be the last straw at the time for me. I also thought about the time of conditioning that will take place i don't know if you're aware of this but the longer you agree to stay in an environment which is non-conducive to where you desire to go the greater the opportunity you give to that environment to change and conform you into what that environment is rather than where you desire to go to and that is just basic you know it's just basic maps you know if you're a person who's living in a destitute state which you could potentially change but you're just comfortable with that and you're not changing that and you're not breaking that mold and you're not going against all odds to make sure that picture changes then i want you to understand that you are only each day increasing the probability that that environment will swallow you up the way to make the change is to make the change today the way to make the change is to make the change now. I remember hearing a long time ago, tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow is not given. So if tomorrow is not even promised, now is the time. Now is the time to make the change. And this was kind of like the foundations as to how my family's just been a real rock and a real catalyst to my investment activity, to, to, to the engagement in investing more. Now, to elaborate on this even further, 
going from a place where we set goals pre-marriage, we've then got to the place where we're setting goals each year. You know, we're, we're, we're participating in our goal setting activity annually. And then when your family grows, the next thing is because you're already planning for growth, you're already desiring to have a large family or a larger family or, you know, going from a place where you're a single individual to a place where you're now with a spouse and then to a place where it's like, okay, we want to have three children, for example. You're already projecting the goal of being a family of five at minimum. So the reality is if you project a goal of having more, or let me take it back, if you project a goal of being more, that automatically creates an environment where your mindset is geared to have more. And this is kind of bringing out the real metrics in terms of how my family have really strongly motivated me to invest more. And when I say invest more, I mean first and foremost in myself. You know, the, the first true investments I actually made were all about myself. You may think that's selfish, but that's a reality. You can only give what you've got, I've heard many people say. It's because of the simple fact that I actually realised, you know, I want to be more. That I actually got geared to wanting to have more. And in order to get geared to wanting to have more on that journey of wanting to be more, you have to actually invest in becoming more. So some of the investments I made in becoming more, for example, I remember years ago, I paid a specific coach around £3,000 to spend one day with me just to help me improve my property sourcing side or arm of my business because I was adamant on being more. And I knew to myself that one of the ways to be more was to get around other people who have more and who have become more and allow them to invest in you through means of their knowledge, their insights, their activities, you know, their tutelage, etc. And that was one of the, I, I guess, earlier investments. You know, prior to that, I made a few other investments in myself, going on training programs, going on courses in the area of things I knew I wanted to do moving forward. I remember taking my wife a number of years ago on a coaching program. You know, it was a big mistake. I took her on her birthday. It was a very, very big mistake. I learned then you don't take your spouse to a training program on their birthday. It's, it's not deemed as a present. But, you know, those of you who know me know that's just how I'm wired. I'm always trying to move things forward, always trying to add value. And that was what I attempted to do. Did she enjoy the course? Yes. Did she enjoy it on her birthday? No. I learned that very quickly. But the point I'm making is that specific course gave us a certificate. It qualified us in coaching as coaches. Now, why was that important to me? It was important to me because I wanted to add value to communities. I wanted to add value to individuals. And I knew one of the powerful ways to do that was to learn more and equip myself more as a coach, as a teacher, as a trainer of other people. So that transformation, that change process that is kind of essential in your development is something you need to know where it's being driven from. Because when I started to get switched on and started to understand that I wanted to be more and started to understand that I wanted to have more, I then actually started to realise that in order to do that, I needed to invest more. I needed to invest more in myself 
I needed to invest more in the courses, the programs, my exposure, my engagement, my relationships, my communications. I needed to invest more in me. I needed to understand that all those books I had in the shelf didn't just need to be read once. They needed to be read again and they needed to be read again and they needed to be read again because I need to be more. And from understanding how much I needed to be more, it helped me understand how much I needed to have more. And again, in terms of have more, I'm not just talking about materialism. I'm talking about have more value, have more substance, have more opportunities, have more, have more insight in order to share with my family and those who I will meet along my journey. I know this episode has been of value to you because even as I'm sharing this episode with you, I'm actually realizing so many other things about how my family have impacted my investing experience and have motivated me to invest more. I want to encourage you as a listener to also find the things in your life that are motivators, that are catalysts towards you actually having more, being more, becoming more, sharing more. And ensure that your journey is not cut short by the short-lived environments that at times we put, place and even leave ourselves in. This is Samuel I Can Win for the Impact Investing Podcast. If this episode has been of benefit to you, feel free to share this episode with your friends, family and followers. And at the same time, we look forward to being in touch with you. If there's value that you've received, feel free to connect with us and let us know. This is Samuel. I can win. It can win. Your host on the Impact Investing Podcast saying farewell until another episode.